right. So welcome to this episode of the GDL podcast. Um, this is my first ever episode. And today I'm joined by Neil Newbon, mocap actor extraordinaire. Um, Hi. Neil, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, this is your first stream. You made a terrible, terrible choice. In the first one. Um, but anyway, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I am a yeah performance capture actor, uh, voice actor. I worked in TV and film as an actor before. I've been acting for 20 years. Um, I've been in wow. performance capture for 10 years um, and voiceover as well. And it's been a wonderful, an amazing experience actually to, especially games. I, I do a lot of work in games as well as TV and film still. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I've found a new, whole new way of working as an actor, a whole new way of engaging with craft. Um, Audio Motion, in fact, um, that's how we know each other from, yes. um, gave me my very first job. Brian Mitchell and Stacey mm -hmm. Boisel gave me my very first job. So huge props and huge shout outs to the amazing studio. And I've been lucky enough to travel the world with my work, which sounds crackers when you're working inside a sometimes two by two meter volume or a 20 by 10 volume or whatever that I would travel the world with it but actually it's given me an incredible um, experience to go to Los Angeles and Japan and multiple times and uh, even South, South Africa or all across Europe to all these different amazing volumes and meeting all these people and working with them um, it's been a trip it's been great I specialize yeah. in multi-role character work which is like playing multiple people in one scene or playing a main character and a supporting character or playing a main character and then doing a whole bunch of world building stuff as well in the same project. Mm -hmm. um, lucky enough, to, I'm a martial artist and weapon trained, so I do a lot of combat and stunts stuff, which is great. Um, and I also have got my teeth into uh, consulting now and also uh, sort of co-producing through my production company and we also now train people performers uh, actors stunt performers uh, even animators as well actually and directors come to us mm. and we teach them the technology and teach them the tech of performance capture so they can bring their own craft into it so it's been amazing yeah, i've had a great time yeah <laughs> that's quite an illustrious career um yeah it's yeah, been so good yeah like you said uh the Brian and Stacy got you into your first job, yeah, yeah. but like, how yeah, did, yeah. Um, how did that come about? Like, how did you uh, think mocap was, you know, something you wanted yeah. to do? There's actually a story about this kind of, um, so I've always been a gamer. I've been a gamer since I was, I don't know, eight years old and a massive geek when geekery was not cool. Whereas now <laughs> it's like the age of geek. Yeah. So I'm embracing it. Whereas when I was a kid, the age of geek was not even like, that wasn't even hope. Like it wasn't even a hope that there would be an age of geek. <laughs> so for me, it was like playing in my room and playing with friends on games and stuff was just like a dirty little secret. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I became, I was a gamer. Um, and about 10 years ago, I've got gum. So I'm going to take the gum. Oh, if that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, sorry, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, about 10 years ago, I was doing a lot of really cool work and a lot of really nice, fun indie projects and I was on like uh, the first Hammer House, a horror film for like 30 years, which was probably on the Ray with Jamie Dornan amongst other people. And um, I was broke, man. I was just, yeah. I was just, like doing a lot of catering and uh, with an amazing company for catering, but not having a great time <laughs> doing it. <laughs> and uh, I was, I, I kind of was reading a magazine. I just came across voice acting, which mm -hmm. I, I thought, well, I should get into that because obviously I'm an actor and my voice is pretty versatile. And, and with it was actually a piece, a very small piece on motion capture right. at Audio Motion, I believe. And I saw it and I went, well, that to me looks like theatre mixed with film. Mm -hmm. So that I understand completely. I understand both worlds. I've worked in both worlds. So I started in theatre. So um, I just wrote to, I'm pretty sure I wrote to Brian, actually, Brian Stacey, mm -hmm. and just said, hi, uh, looks kind of cool. I'm doing this stuff. Uh, this is my background. Here's my showreel have no knowledge of, of motion capture, but I'd love to give it a try. And here's my additional skill sets as well. Mm. And uh, I was just very lucky that they were great champions and great and really sweet. And they brought me in and they gave me the opportunity to try and uh, audition for Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And I loved it. And the first day was a bit like, uh, what do I do? You know, because it was no, nobody trained us then. It was just like, you got in there, they gave you good advice and you just sort of went for it. <laughs> so um, obviously it's a bit more technical, but, but that was the kind of feeling of, okay, we'll just, uh, what do I do? You know, so um, it was a really, really good experience. About two, three weeks of work, I think two weeks of work. And it gave me a crash course into mocap. And I just completely fell in love with it. Yeah. Uh, I was very lucky to have some amazing people. Colin Ling actually was was joined at that period of time, Audio Motion. Right. And uh, they've become very good friends. And through that experience, I realized what the future was. And talking to people, obviously. Yeah. I mean, especially Brian, who's been working for years in it. Um, 
you suddenly saw the potential of it. And I realized that far from being in a super niche market that was just going to be a random thing that you did every now and again, it was going to become bigger and bigger because why wouldn't it be? It's authentic. It's natural, realistic movement. It's very fast to produce that amount of animation. Also animation in itself was going to get more developed. Um, I, you know, everybody knew that obviously software was going to get better rendering of, of, people and creatures are going to get better so you'd need more nuanced performances so for an actor like me it was like this is the best of theaters the best of film and it's going to get better as each generation of software and computer and console and blah 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 comes out it can only get better so for me i just saw this as this is the way forward this is the new thing and i was very lucky that at the time nobody wanted to do it apart from about 10 of us or 12 of us (laughs) of which there's only about two or three still working i believe from that original time and um, we were lucky there was no competition really apart from like who can do that role the best and we all worked together it was very collaborative yeah. and we just got all this work in this huge workload and it was great fun and no actors wanted to touch it with a barge pole <laughs> they, thought we were really, they actually had people tell me not to do it like it was going to yeah. destroy our careers and stuff only because they couldn't see what we could see which was this is the future and this is another form this is another acting craft form in the same way that i'm sure tv and film was knocked when it first came, well film certainly was was laughed at because it was just about televising plays but obviously the pioneers of that saw that and I, i'm glad to say that I, i've been amongst those kind of like mocap pioneers that saw where it was going and i got carried with that motion and um yeah it was just it's been a really amazing experience of course now it's very known it's very out there people talk about it. a lot of people are very aware of motion capture performance capture specifically yeah and uh, a lot of actors try and get into it so I'm, I'm grateful enough to still be working concurrently as a performer but also now in a position where i can mentor people uh, as, as somebody still very much involved in the industry day to day, it's also great to be able to help new actors or younger actors as well uh, who want to, tr- you know, f- uh, trail their, uh, blaze their trail through into this side of the industry. So it's a real, it's a real um, honor, actually, to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, and do you think um, um, that, you know, for the new actors and stuff, as you get more of the high profile actors wanting to get involved mm. in like performance capture and stuff, is that something that you think people worry about? Like when they're trying to get into it, if they're a little bit more on the unknown side, like. Um, I, I always have the, maybe this is really e- either terribly naive or, or just a bit nuts. I always view that there's no competition when you get into an audition apart from yourself. Yeah. Um, you, or you're just in an audition to present your work um that's all it is it's not about you don't have the job the job is not going to get taken away from you it's just about presenting your work and if it works with what their vision is and you like them as much as that you they like you because you <laughs> yeah. work together then you're going to get the gig it's 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 a certainty if you as long as you do work when it comes to people like with massive huge celebrity statuses and stuff um unless you're like on the same celebrity level and that's the issue the factor is they need a celebrity a-lister mm-hmm actor whatever to do that if you're not in that you can't really compete with that unless they don't need it in which case they'll just give it to the best person for role if the best person to role also needs a profile and you don't have that profile well there's not much you can do about that you shouldn't actually worry about it so i don't think it's really a factor i think those kind of roles like um i mean i did final fantasy kingsclave and i was lucky enough to do a supporting role which was mine i I voiced fully and performed fully into the combat for but i was also asked to do the combat and full performance capture without the voice just as a reference for the lead character nix Mm -hmm. they knew at that moment that they needed a big name for that role completely understandably and they got the the amazing wonderful aaron paul to play mm-hmm. nicks to voice nicks um but the wonderful thing about performance capture is it takes multiple actors together to make a role sometimes you can have five people actually you can have somebody skinned a model or an actor or something you can have a combat specialist for instance with stunts you might have the actor who does the motion capture and then you may have another actor maybe doing the performance capture mm-hmm. then you may have another actor doing the voice work Right. So for me, we were, we were setting the character's rhythm in, in a very big way before they even knew who they wanted to voice it. And then, of course, the wonderfully talented Aaron Paul added his own work on top of my work and the work that I did with uh, Takeshi Nozilo. And he created, obviously, the furtherment of that character. But it's just truly collaborative. Now, yeah. obviously, in terms of spotlight, 
I don't, you know, it's, it's Aaron's character, you know, he voiced it. I don't, I have no issue with that whatsoever, but it was nice to be a part of creating that character. Mm. And of course I got my own work to do in that. I got my own supporting character, which is wonderful. So for me, it was like, uh, it was like bonus. Mm. And I think that's what performance capture and mocap often feels like. It's, it's a bonus. You get to do all these things that you would never necessarily do in TV and film, especially if you have a wide skill set. So if you can do martial arts and combat, you might get asked to do the mocap of a game as well as be one of the characters in the game. If you are very good with your voice, you have a good voice craft, you may get asked to voice that character as well sometimes. So there's a lot of kind of interesting thing, and especially when you're coming to characters that you would never get cast as. Like, you don't look right, which doesn't make a difference. They can just swap somebody else's skin over. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with um, inclusivity and, and the diversity issue that we, not diversity issue, sorry, the diversity, the fight for equality mm. in diversity, I don't think it's appropriate, obviously, that I would ever play, for instance, an African-American. That's not appropriate. Yeah. But I could definitely play um, another white person that has a, a different kind of look to the one I have, so wildly mm-hmm. different that actually I would never be cast as that. Um, that's cool. That's completely yeah. acceptable. Um, I think it's interesting that because then what it does is it takes the actor. You can't rely on this your face at all. Yeah. In fact, your face is almost meaningless, which is great because it means you can get into the process of the craft of movement and the truth of a character fictitionally, mm. and that's what's going to sell the, the performance. It's like mask work in a way, yeah. or or clowning almost, <laughs> I guess, as well. So from that point of view, it's it's great that. Within reason, anybody can play anything. Yeah. Uh, I would caveat by saying that men really shouldn't play women at all. Like, I was ever. just going to say, like, I've seen on some of the shoots that I've done, you know, there's yeah. definitely a lot of times where there'll be like female actors who are in for one specific part that is, you know, relatively small. And they'll yeah. be like, oh, actually, maybe we want another soldier. So we'll just give you a prop. Here's the thing. Female actors can play male roles. Yes. Absolutely. They absolutely can do it. Whereas male actors really tend <laughs> to struggle with people. Unless you're like on the side, you're like an amazing drag queen or something. <laughs> In which yeah. case, I want to come to your show. Yeah, but, exactly. But unless you have like the understanding of what it is, the complexity of what it is to be female, I think male actors she just shouldn't do it it's yeah. like a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bit more of a struggle yeah. a little bit it's a big struggle i did it once and that was not my choice i was asked <laughs> yeah. it was like the end of a stunt right and yeah. there was asked to like the to finish the stunt uh, to do the stunt and finish into the pose so the female actor would then take over and the pose was quite masculine i want to say when i ended up but at the same time they asked me to do a feminine pose i was like i don't know what that means either because <laughs> i don't understand what the masculine feminine ideals are and does it matter yeah. and can i just fucking land please <laughs> so yeah so don't play male actors don't play female roles please <laughs> well um like you're saying you know it's like it's like this mix of um you know theater and um and mm. film but yeah. like is there you know, did you go through this process of developing a method of acting for mocap specifically? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it started really the first few years of my working in audio motion. Uh, it was really actually audio motion, then Centroid, and then Imaginarium after that. Because um, there was really only three. There's only three apart from I think Dambusters existed, or there was another one in the north. Maybe I think maybe Rocksteady or something had a small volume, but yeah. but it wasn't that public and it wasn't really that accessible. So for us um, in the south, it was mainly just these three major studios, and every job brought new challenges and every job brought new things that you'd never experienced before. So for instance, like eating a chicken skewer mm. would seemingly be the easiest thing in the world until you put a HMC, like a head-mounted camera, which sits on a helmet. And then, of course, you, you shouldn't put your hand in front of your face because then all that data is gone. Yeah. But then you have to work out the mechanics very quickly of how the hell you eat a chicken skewer. Yeah. So you can't, you can't just do this because it doesn't look very good. Yeah. So, we, you know, you can't just do that. You have to work out a way of the mechanics of your head and your, the mandibles. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean when I say mandibles? Yeah, mandibles. Yeah, yeah. The little, you know, your face, um, mus- the muscularity of your face and your teeth uh, movement, the mechanics of all of this, how that should work in opposite to you because you're tearing. I mean, this is ridiculous, really, but we spent like 15 minutes trying to work out how to eat a chicken skewer <laughs> properly, which yeah. is mad, really. But then, you know, all these little things that crop up when you're cold, you can't hug yourself tightly as you might feel inclined to do as an impulse because the data is going to get really blocked. But neither can you play to the markers, if that makes sense. You can't 
play your performance by oh, being very aware of the markers because that changes your performance again in a way that won't look naturalistic or realistic. So there's definitely method, new methodology. I would say this is definitely a new, I, I completely believe this, there's a, it's definitely a new craft of acting mm -hmm. and it requires a new way of thinking about it. And that's super exciting, especially for somebody who's lucky enough, um, somebody like myself who's lucky enough to be in a, a decade now, mm. back when the technology wasn't necessarily new, but certainly the, the kind of performances that we were being asked to do w w was getting kind of more and more complex into what you have now, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and for me, it's, it's just always thrilling to be in the suit and in the volume. I don't think I've ever had a bad day. I've had a nerve wracking day once, one nerve wracking day. Yeah. I've never had a bad day in the volume. It's always been amazing. Yeah. Well, that's very fortunate. Um, what was your nerve wracking day? Can you tell us about that? I can't that? talk about it. No, it's a, oh. it's a new thing. It's oh, a new fair project. enough. Typical. You know, it's like, it's the project with, with games. I have like 10 NDAs. Yeah. Like all of which I'm excited about to talk about, none of which I can. Um, yeah. And there's like a good three or four of them that I just, like, I just wouldn't want to talk about them. Yeah. I can't because they're so massive and yet nobody will know about it for two or three years. <laughs> it's like, I can't talk about it, do this thing, I'm not in this country, you know. So yeah. um, there are some wonderful games that I've been involved in projects um, and there are some, I've been very, very fortunate for people to believe in my ability and believe in my take on the character's role and uh, especially doing multi-role in a game, like in Detroit mm -hmm. Human, um, I was very overwhelmed actually that David gave me two roles to play, not just one, um, as well as kind of like a minor, police cop over here or whatever mm -hmm. um and there's, a, there's lots of other things that are coming out that were, that were really keep pushing your craft beyond i think tv and film they the because they're so visual and they're great mediums mm -hmm. um they are so visual that you do find yourself going in for the same role again and again and again and of course that does happen now in performance capture because they've got so many new actors coming into it which is fair enough um, but I think what it does is if you can, you can take a bigger risk in some ways in performance capture now, mm -hmm. because you don't need to look like the character, literally. Yeah. Um, with that, you can take big risks as actors and really try to stretch your craft out in a way that maybe TV and film doesn't always let you do because there's only certain types of roles people are going to look at you for. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that about performance capture. It's very freeing and it makes those of us that always struggled in TV and film that wanted to be character actors mm -hmm. become character actors, actually. Because yeah. um, I, I really value myself as a character actor. Um, as opposed to like leading man or anything. I always yeah. play villains, so yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, it's the resting you know. psychophase. <laughs> Not my fault, it's genetics. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Um, <laughs> well, that kind of like is, is what I was, you know, gonna ask next is, um, yep. you know, when you are working on a project with a new team that you haven't worked with before, yeah. what kind of things do you want them to bring you to sort of like, do you want them to have a very clear vision or do you want them to let you yeah. take a spin on it and, you know? Yeah, so uh, because it's their project and obviously I'm, I'm going into their vision and their project, um, it's not so much of like, you know, you don't make demands to them about what you, how necessarily how you see the character. It's your take on their character. So what you're trying to get from them is their passion and their vision of the character that you're also fleshing out from this direction. Mm -hmm. So I ask for things like pre-visualizations, concept art of the characters, world art, music, um, environments even, any concept art or, or renders of the environment I can have a look at. Um, any material they've got, including background material, including material about other characters, with one caveat, that I tend to only really want to know what my character could know mm -hmm. about other characters for their relationships, right? Because right. obviously if you know this person's this, or that, 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 and your character doesn't, it kind of isn't necessarily useful for an actor to know all of that. Yeah. That said, you should always read the whole script. You should. That's just yeah. a given. Because I only read my own parts. Like, well, maybe you're going to miss a bigger theme, or maybe you're going to miss something that somebody said about you that you do know, but isn't in your script. So maybe you should yeah. fucking read that. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So they maybe slip you out every now that. and then. Yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> Can you cut around those things? Can you cut around? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Please do. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so you should read all of that stuff because ideally, um, you know, you get the full story. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, coming to a project is, is, is a huge amount of uh, faith they place into you for your vision to meet their vision and work together organically yeah. uh, as it should be. 
So um, I'm, I also love the fact that performance capture is hugely collaborative, not just with the, the game studio, the performance director, the actors, the stunt performers, for instance, but also with the specialists and this, the mocap studio as well, mm -hmm. that we all work together. Um, you should, we have very good relationships with everybody. Um, yeah. And because you're working so closely with everybody, it's everybody has their job, yeah. as it is on a film set, except that you, there's no real clear dividing line in some respects in performance capture because everybody needs everybody to work in sync in such a way that and everybody's focused on the same thing because obviously mm -hmm. the technicians are looking out for the data uh, the the role it's not just you can't just wander off in the middle of a take mm -hmm. um the specialists sometimes need you to do something to help them especially mocap mm -hmm. when you're talking about in-game mechanics all the animators need to work with the directors to also work with you etc etc there's a lot more kind of voices that need to be heard uh, together so in that way, I really like it, um, that aspect of performance capture and motion capture. Yeah. Um, but it's not just the director's voice. Also, you get to talk to everybody and get to muck in. It's great. Yeah. It's, um, it's really fun. It's like my favorite part of my job because um, quite often, you know, with the smaller teams and smaller developers and stuff, you know, they come down, they do a test shoot and mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's the animator who gets into the suit. And they've never done yeah. mocap before, you know, <laughs> but they know exactly how they want this character to move and they have that mood and everything. And a lot of the time, like those test shoots end up just being, you know, inspiration for when they do the full shoot. Well, interestingly uh, enough, animators are actors. They yeah. just have a different methodology to the one that I have. I, mine's very physical, um, as well as being, you know, cerebral and therefore leading to emotions through actions um whereas theirs is sort of the other way around they're like the kind of mm. godlike figure like a puppeteer almost actually yeah. um we i do have a performance it's called performance captured academy and we do teach not only performers like actors stunt performers gymnasts dancers we also teach animators and directors to get into mm. the suit to experience mm. it from that side to understand the craft from the inside out and the results we've, I, I went, I also have uh, taken animators and directors to teach them to, to work better as directors in the, in the volume as well, with uh, Creative Assembly, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it is, yeah, it's interesting that, that sometimes just even the language of acting is difficult to understand if you're coming from a non-actor or a non-director point of view. And to get in the suit as an animator must, without ever having even met an actor, <laughs> must be a trip because it's like you know what you're trying to aim for, but of course aiming for it isn't necessarily going to get you there. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously where, where we come in. But um, that must be, fun. yeah, it's fun to do that kind of work. Though. Yeah. The R&D side is really cool. It's um, it's interesting to see people get used to being in the suits as well. Yeah, you're basically you know? naked. Exactly. <laughs> you're basically naked, covered in Velcro and balls. It's like, yeah, oh, this is me. This is me. <laughs> exactly. Can't hide anywhere. That's what I like about the volume as well. Like, um, that's why I kin it to theatre as well as film. And you know this obviously, but for anybody that doesn't know much about it, um, I view it very much as theatre because you're always on in the volume. Like, mm -hmm. unless you literally have to walk to the edge of the volume and just stand still with your head bowed or leave the volume, mm -hmm. you're always working because that animation is useful somewhere. And even if they want to cut it out of the scene and plonk it into something else or use it in locomotion if they can or whatever for in-game mechanics, they can do that. Um, mm -hmm. They can manipulate your performance a little bit as well uh, to sort of do it a certain degree or completely. Yeah. Um, you're always on. So I, for, for me as an actor, especially with the theater film background, well, TV as well, but especially coming from that background, to be living in a moment that continually exists until somebody says cut, regardless of where the camera may or may not be, because you don't always know, is a th really thrilling experience, because you have to live in the moment. Even if you've got yeah. nothing to do, you've got to find something to do, even if it's just standing still with intention. You know, you have to commit to it. And I find that an incredibly freeing and thrilling experience yeah. and um, you've got to figure out how to turn your entire body into a voice that can be seen just yeah, it's a total body dots. instrument experience yeah, yeah. i refer to i mean i use an old acting term which is the instrument the mm -hmm. actor's instrument which is everything yeah. from your psyche to your cerebrum to your body to your voice it's a total experience mm. whereas obviously in film you know you can you can cheat things and halfway through a season somebody could be pregnant and nobody knows whereas in the volume like if you were to watch a, a monitor as you walk past a monitor that isn't actually there in the game or the, mm. the, the volume sorry or the project or whatever um you'll see that you'll see yeah. this turn it's completely unusable unless there's a reason that you can use it for something else yeah. uh same if you see like a little if you're holding on to energy like nervous energy or worry or anxiety which is misplaced in the scene or in the movement, especially in motion capture, mm. in uh, in-game mechanics, 
you'll see a hesitation at the beginning of a step. Hmm. So unless there's a good reason to have that hesitation, you can't use that. You know, yeah. you have to do it again and again until it's right. And that isn't a judgment on you or anything or, you know, or the director not getting what they need because they can't do it. It's more like it's just human to, to not, you know, to really have to break through that barrier and be completely present in the moment yeah. is a really perfect experience for an actor. Yeah. regardless of the quality or the best or whether it's best or good or whatever yeah. um yeah it's cool mm-hmm. so i talk a lot you should probably no no it's fine it's really helpful because i'm like slightly nervous be- it being my first one so like it's nice to have someone so again i was a bad choice <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking that's cool we do know each other man so it's yeah no it's not too bad, not too bad at all cool. um so like having been in it for 10 years now have you yeah. seen more sort of indie devs get involved in mocap well actually funny enough um, i also have as well as the academy and being a performer i also have a production company now um right. and myself and my partner um Celeste Lasada, we started both about a year and a half ago the production company we've done about five different co-production shoots with people so we come on as a consultant yeah. And we also do some casting, for pro- uh, project-specific casting. We also work in, in, the, in the volume with people, mm-hmm. either as a performer, consultant, or what have you. Um, and yeah, we've seen, th- what we're trying to do ourselves is make uh, that accessible. So we are going to try and look at a way of making indie, indie work in the volume through, our, through our, you know, our company, try and find a way of helping people to do that. Mm. Because... It, there's definitely if there's a I know Brian and I talked about that actually um, a long time ago yeah. and it's something that I think studios definitely are looking at to try and help in these like through demos and things like that yeah. to try and help them um, actually use motion capture more because it it, it is nice to see it, the, the possibility for indie game studios to now make this more accessible to them yeah. and obviously that's a studio thing that's their you know the studio's choice of how they work that but it is great to see that people can do that from time to time and can start engaging with this because it creates such a huge possibility yeah. of, of movement, of animation that would take keyframe animation months and months to do or not necessarily look quite right or doesn't feel as naturalistic. Mm-hmm. So I think there is definitely space for, I definitely see more indie pro- projects coming through into performance capture yeah. and mocap. And that's really great. It's really heartening to see that. Yeah, it's... Um... One of the things that I was, you know, um, really excited by with um, seeing the Xsense suits for the first time. That's you know, been quite a game changer, actually, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, mocap anywhere and it's... it's I used one in South Africa in a, in a forest at like 40, 40 degrees or something. <laughs> that must have been so crazy. It, it wasn't 40, it was more like 35 or something. Like that. Yeah. Um, but it worked really well and it was really trippy because I was in a forest playing a bear. Like playing a bear in this forest. is different feels pretty good i'm just yeah. gonna scratch myself on a tree for a while this feels pretty awesome <laughs> so yeah i think the extent is, is definitely like i was saying like the fact that studios can integrate with this kind of new technology uh, i'm not a spokesperson for that for no, no, no. <laughs> but it's cool that as you see as you, as i said earlier you know each generation of technology hardware and software mm-hmm. as it progresses you're going to see indie developers be able to do really wild, crazy things, and also performers being able to work with indies more often mm-hmm. uh, to do these things in, and, and really create some interesting ideas. Because the mother of necessity is born out of you know, these challenges, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, challenge is the mother of necessity or whatever the, the expression I think, is. Uh, adversity is the mother of Adversity. Invention. Thank you. Yes. Adversity is the mother of invention. There you go. Uh, so adversity is the mother of invention. And I think when we have these challenges, and Brian actually, Brian Mitchell used to do this a lot. He was very good at working out very lo-fi, simple solutions to high-tech problems. When mm. the rest of us would spend 20 minutes trying to work out how to do something, he just go, why don't you just do this? I'm like, oh yeah, we do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not that? Why wouldn't we do that? Um, yeah, so it's, it's cool that, you know, that these, problem, these things have come out of problems like how can we afford to do a mocap shoot and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how, where, where it goes in the next next 10 years. Really. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, next-gen consoles are coming out and that's a whole nother... Um, yeah, I had, quite a few whole games nother the P- horizon. I had quite a few things in the PS5 release, none of which I can talk about. You know, okay, can't talk about that, can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly that. what you mean. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's one of the fun things about the problem-solving of being on shoot. Um, yeah. 
as you were saying, you know, like everyone sort of takes on um, new roles every time there's a project going on, you know, the mm -hmm. technician side of things, you may end up doing something completely different on one Indeed, shoot from yeah. the next. Yeah. One of my favorite things is trying to figure out what can pass as what as a prop. Um, yeah you know trying Look to figure out <laughs> okay, okay look like a piece of foam salami but today <laughs> yeah exactly now we need this gigantic table but we can't just plonk a table mm. down so and also yeah. like trying to size things as well that's kind of yeah. that's the sizing of like i like the fact that we become like instant pointer markers you can <laughs> yeah. use an actor to like put your hand just here 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 that's where the table that's where the door is okay great that's you know yeah it's, it's exactly. like it, it's fun actually i like it um yeah Sorry, creative problem solving. Yeah, creative problem solving. It's but also this was where the collaboration comes back into it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I remember working. Oh, the game's come out now, so I can talk about it. But I, mean, I worked on Strange Brigade, right? But way before, like really early on, when they were R and uh, the mummies, mm -hmm. and nobody quite had had decided how the mummy's going to move. And I worked with a team who were brilliant, amazing team, and I was very fortunate to be to to know them and work with them for quite some time. And we, we spent, I think it was two days, like one day was re rehearsing how a mummy should move. Mm -hmm. And the second day was uh, workshopping it pretty much. I think it was like that. And uh, it, was, it was amazing because we started off with going through all the iterations of what a mummy could be from like the old Boris Karloff mummy, like <laughs> you know, the arms stretched out like yeah. stuff, to a more feral, nubile, kind of like, you know, um, 28 days later kind of zombie-esque yeah. mummy thing. So those kind of days are amazing. And you get to work so closely with people that, that you can literally see their thought process as they're talking to you. Like, uh, if this does this, this does this. We worked on, I worked in the Formula One F1 franchise um, for quite a few years, actually. Mm -hmm. And trying to work out how, how six actors could become 20 people in, a, in the, um, the, the, the tire change. What do they call it? A pit lane, pit stop. Yeah. There's 20 people or something, 20 engineers, and there's only six actors. How do you do that? You know, and having to work out ghosting and mirroring your performances and walking through your own, like, it's crazy stuff. It's really yeah. fun. Trying to organize all that space. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, and uh, so Mark Bradshaw, by the way, was the, is the, one of the directors that I worked oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's great. He's wonderful. Yeah. So I had a lot of fun with him. Oh, good. And um, how's it been, you know, since lockdown began? Have you been able to get much done? Yeah. install the um, experience again yeah i'm lucky um i'm very very lucky um after the initial hit that everybody went through and the, of course the initial worry of we haven't seen something like this before we don't know how to react like this before and not just about money and material things but actually about our mental state and, and all that and about our families most importantly mm. um when work started back up again i think it was i was working from like end of april may yeah. Um, so I went back into the volume, I think it was around May I went back into the volume, mm -hmm. but in April I was doing voiceovers from home because I have a home studio here and there's no reason why that doesn't work because that would work mm -hmm. anyway if I'm in the UK or if I'm in Los Angeles and I have to do the other way around, yeah. you know, I have places I can do that from us in, in, in isolation. Um, going back into the volume again, which I think was pretty early on was about May or so when we were allowed to. Um, again, I was just the only person in the volume. I was working on a project I can't talk about, but it was, um, but it was, I was playing five different roles in one scene, which of course I, I can do because I've been, I've trained myself to do that through the work that I've been given uh, in the volume. So it's possible. Um, so for performance capture artists, mocap and voice actors in games and TV and film, a lot of us have been working, which is amazing to say that. And we're very privileged to be in that position as an actor to yeah. say I'm a working actor, but not only that, but I'm a working actor in a pandemic. Um, it was amazing, actually. Um, so I've been very lucky, very fortunate that I've been on a couple of projects that are long-term that we're still working on, we're still doing, and um, I will be kind of back on the road again at some point going to studios around the world when I can, when we're allowed to, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I've been okay. And um, I'm very grateful to, to people that are still giving work <laughs> yeah. and the studios that champion me, you know, like Audio Motion, like Imaginarium, you know, like Accenture as well. Yeah. These people have always been my supporters and I'm very grateful to that, uh, to them, all of them. Yeah. It's fantastic to see so much going on in the games industry, even yeah, you know, during the pandemic. You know, um, yeah, especially, I've yeah. known a couple of people who've been able to start projects that they've wanted to and they just couldn't get the time away from work and that kind of thing you know so yeah definitely suddenly have they have all this time 
you know, which comes with its own concerns and everything, obviously, but yeah. it's nice to see this sort of influx of creativity um, coming into the games industry. And I, I think that's the thing is, there's always a kind of, the creative, I always find game developers highly creative people <laughs> who never seem to, to sort of switch off with the creativity. I don't think anybody in any kind of artistic form, be it game development, be it acting or dancing, there's always something in you that is continually needing to be creative. Even if you're supposed to be on like a break or taking a holiday or something like that, you know, that you're yeah. always like, there's always a need in you to yeah. be creative. It's not really something you turn off. I think it's, a, it's what we call them vocations more than jobs, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that is draw, you drawn, you're drawn to and that you need to do as opposed to would like to do or want yeah. to do. It's, it's a need. So, yeah, there's yeah. a driving passion underneath all of it. Which Absolutely, is... yeah. Very cool to see. Yeah. yeah so like um, with your production company and stuff, is that mm -hmm. something you'd always wanted to do or? Yeah, um, our company, so our, our kind of the group is called Performance Captured. Uh, mm -hmm. um, we have the Academy and we have Performance Captured Productions. And I think when, once I, uh, it wasn't really initially, I would never really thought about um, kind of producing stuff myself with my partner, Celeste Lasada. It was more about um, the first couple of years was really just about understanding and creating with other people a new method, a new methodology, a new mm -hmm. a new craft form within the craft form of acting. Because mm -hmm. that was a huge, like that was hugely exciting, and uh, that was very thrilling. But then after a while, I think we all started to, especially those, and there would be there were people in it that had been there longer than I had been doing it as well, of course. But once we all got to the similar level of ability, I think there was an understanding that okay, now that we've reached the 10,000 hours, now that we've got to that point where we really understand what we're doing, we're super confident what we're doing, and actually we can tell other people about how to help them how to do what we're doing right now, where do you go from there? Because your creativity is always going to be out there. I'm always going to be a performer until they've let me onto the volume because I'm just a danger hazard or something. Um, and until that happens, you know, I want to still create. And I think starting to think about, well, how can I create something mm. in performance capture? Well, I can consult on that. Okay, well, I've also started directing. I've directed like three or four times now, which I love, I adore, and I'm okay at, you know, okay enough to get paid for. <laughs> um, and of course, the future is, is eventually, I want to create my own thing. So whether it's an animation, which is most likely to be an animation, uh, or work on a game with somebody, which I would love to do mm -hmm. um, as director. I do, but I've done voice directing in the past as well. Um, not much, obviously. They're, they're far better voice directors than I am. But um, but in terms of performance, yeah, there's there's definitely it's definitely possible. And I think um, again, it's a hugely collaborative experience. So surrounding myself with people I've met on my journey in my career on this side of the industry, there's so many people I've met now, like yourself, you know, like uh, yeah. Connor, like other people like that. Um, have just like grown and grown in their own careers and suddenly you go oh yeah well we worked together for a long time yeah maybe we can work together on this thing again and with lockdown you know there's actually a short that myself uh, a wonderful writer called tom deville who used to write for hannibal and marvel and people like that we came up with a short animation that we're, we're exploring trying to get funding for mm. and it's really good i think and it has a worthy tale and, da, 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 and it's possible like we've worked out how to do it yeah and obviously we need to pull a few resources in blah 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 um, and we're not going to talk about it until it happens because, you know, what's the point of talking about it? Yeah. But this is something that the production company was very much geared up to do was mm. to start consulting and building up. But then eventually the end game is, of course, to make our own, our own products, our own mm. projects and really create, you know, and also help other people do that too. Yeah. I think that's one of the interesting things as well. It's like, you know, more people than you think you do who are involved in this oh yeah yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah yeah um you just sort of it's our like, guilty little secret but that's it you just like you gotta ask and it's that collaborative nature of everything that I think yeah i think really cool. i think that's it i think that's like there's a there is sometimes unfortunately like in films uh, you know in tv sometimes as well you get a kind of them and us attitude Mm. Or divider not an attitude necessarily but definitely divider i've experienced it a few times when you know you can't talk to certain people you're like i'm doing the scene with them and kind of feel i should get to know them a little bit so i can trust yeah. them because i got to do this thing with them and yeah and i feel it's important you know so you, you don't really get that so much in performance capture yeah 
Um, or at least I've been lucky enough not to experience that so much. Um, maybe yeah. with one or two exceptions, but they should well, you know, I mean, you're standing <laughs> in a large open room in a Velcro suit. You know, you got to basically naked. As we you're with. Exactly, you got to trust naked. the people you're there with. So there you go. Instagram, take note. Nudity <laughs> is a good thing. It is the divide. It is the common denominator that levels all people down to the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> just naked in Velcro. Yeah, just naked. Cool. <laughs> what is it RuPaul says we're all born dra- naked and the rest is drag there you go right. we're all born naked and that's the rest excellent is words to live by words to live by exactly <laughs> so um geek to geek what yes. was your favorite game when you were a kid oh what do you mean game you can't do that you have to do parenthesis games oh. parenthesis. Um, you... yeah, okay so I'm gonna rattle through a whole bunch okay there's a lot you do that. Um, I was a massive fan of uh, this. This a lot of my, I, I started on the spectrum, mm-hmm. so things like Contact Sam Cruz and Rebel Star One and Two, and lo- I was just Chaos and things like that. It was just like the, and Back to School and shit like and stuff like that. Yeah, was just that's how I grew up. Um, and then I've got, I got a Mega Drive. So things like Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, Mutant League football, which is really obscure that very few people play, but it's awesome. You should find it. it's like a precursor <laughs> of Blood Bowl, a Comic Zone, um, things like that. And then p- being a PC gamer mainly, um, mm-hmm. I used to play stuff like I don't know, man. Oh wow, like uh, Baldur's Gate was is uh, Baldur's Gate. Sorry, yeah. Baldur's Gate is a huge, huge iconic game. I used to play Fallout, the whole series from one all the way straight through to yeah. the four, you know, the recent ones and stuff. Uh, Elder Scrolls, huge fan. Um, there's too many games. There's just yeah. too many games that have been so iconic and amazing. Mass Effect is just spectacular. And each game, because now, you know, games are like TV and film in terms of their complexity, mm. nuance of performance, the, the fact they're interactive, they're not passive, they're active entertainment um, mediums. Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes can completely change the story. And then RPGs, for instance, which I used to play Star Wars Galaxies, which was awesome. You can you can literally build your own story in, yeah. within the confines of a very complicated world, but it's possible, you know. So I think that that's the thing about games. They, they, they gave the leap of imagination from film and TV that you can't do really in TV and film, not, or at least not very well. Yeah. Games, it's your story. That's the thing, isn't it? This is your story. How is it going to end, you know, within a certain limitation or quite an open world? And then who knows how it's going to work out. Yeah, so. I know. I... Uh have been playing relatively recently was playing uh, ghost of tsushima i haven't played it yet i heard good things it's fantastic can't wait i know but can't wait it made can't me wait. think about you know like sneaking into play on my brother's playstation 2 nice when i was nice. a kid and thinking about the first game that i remember having an impact on me being burnout 3 takedown <laughs> it's really specific <laughs> it's very specific but it was the first game that i ever beat my brother at Ah, okay, all right. So, so that's like, the competitive you know, there are countless others and all that stuff. <laughs> you I'm see, sure. my, the games that really impacted on me in a very early age, if we're going to talk about that, we're going back, is things like Rebel Star. Because mm. uh, they're highly tactical games that gave you very little instructions. Yeah. And for me, it was the exploration of a game is the thing. There's what, is there three types of gamers. The completionists, explorers, and then the the people that just kill everything. (laughs) (laughs) Something like like that. Yeah. Uh, The murderers. (laughs) But it's interesting how the first game or games that you you interact with, kind of like somebody's first kiss, I guess, right, or first Mm -hmm. movie or first book, they sort of lead you to. I guess they kind of maybe that's not true, but I I like the idea of it. That it sort of leads into how you're going to. You have a first love in games, you know. You have a first love in games, exactly. Yeah. So that was your first love. That was my first love. Yeah. Destroyed your brother at it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't love a bit of sibling rivalry. Awesome. I'm sure you will dispute that. Um, He'll say that he won. (laughs) (laughs) Not so Mm. sure. And uh, what about lately? Like, what have you, what have you been playing lately? If you haven't, um, yeah, the the one the really positive thing in the pandemic, although I haven't had much time, it gave me a little bit more time than I usually have. Um, so I played a lot of Red Dead because I was so late to that party, and yeah. I, at one point I even grew like a Red Dead <laughs> look because nobody could see me anyway, right? Yeah. So nobody 
gave a gave a hoot that I was wearing basically I was sporting basically like a yeah what they oh, called them the little handlebars with the mutton chops yeah. and into one, like, like a oh. motorcycle thing it was pretty awesome for about a day until I had to go <laughs> off um so I've been playing a lot of Red Dead um I started playing Detroit Become Human because I'd never played it which is crazy um, <laughs> but I had it. to yeah some nuts but I had to start playing it at some point I've, yeah. I've been playing that I went back old school to Left of the Dead Right. Left Dead 2 specifically, which is just an awesome, awesome game. Mm -hmm. And I've been finally kind of catching up on catalogue of games that I have to play because I'm a BAFTA member, I'm a voting BAFTA member as, um, right. uh, for games and TV. But also, like, I should know, I should play these games. I'm involved in the games industry, right? Yeah. That's what I'm sticking to. Please don't look too hard into that <laughs> line because you know, it may be a little flimsy or thin. Um, so things like uh, Deadfire, um, Pillars of Eternity 2, things that are heavily narrative that are compelling, I should be playing, you know, I should be at least finishing. So I'm going through a heavy back catalogue with those games at the moment. And I got to say, I'm really enjoying the fact that I have time to do so. Not much, yeah. but more but than... But some, you know. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Little it's, bit. Um, it's really interesting to... I'm going to go on record and say I hate Fall Guys. Not the pe I'm sure the people that make it are controversial fine statement. No, I've yeah. been playing just the um, game itself. Is yeah, no. Yeah, no, don't like it. I went through a little a little uh, phase right at the beginning where I was just so believe <laughs> something that was so bright and happy. Um, you know, but... it's not. It's a torture device. <laughs> it is. It's a torture device. It just wants to make you feel bad. It's but um, I have been playing another uh, Devolver digital game lately. Which called, one? Uh, Enter the Gungeon. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's I still fantastic. I already tasted it a little bit. It's really it's good. It's so yeah. difficult, um, but so addictive. So we've been playing because a lot I of that. I started playing um, a lot of the Ben Marshall and uh, Dan, um, Ben and Dan, Ben there and done that. Mm -hmm. Right. They've got a new one out, which is pretty cool. Well, I like this stuff anyway, but I like the irreverency of it. So, um, have you played, um, what was the thing like Enter the Gungeon? There was another one with bananas, a guy shooting bananas. You have a, my friend Pedro. Yeah, I saw a trailer for Weird. that, but I never got around to playing it, but it looks really funny. It's a trip. Yeah, yeah. you definitely, definitely play it when you're in a good, clean, sober environment with lots <laughs> of bright light. I wouldn't play it at nighttime alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been um, it's been good to get back onto some of those sort of platformers and the dungeon delvers and that kind of thing. That's is, cool. Um, I quite like rogue roguelites is fun. Have you played Streets of Rogue? No, I haven't. That's fun. Yeah, okay. it's great. I'll have a look out for it. It's most fun as you can have with the twenty with the faux twenty four bit character. It's brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Well, that's basically it for all the like prepared questions that i had that kind but, of felt um, like it was a geek test by the way yeah the last question was like is he really a geek <laughs> let's see if i exactly exactly <laughs> but um no I mean, it's just been uh, so fun to get through this and chat with you again it's been so long since yeah, I've it's been nice to see you i know man um, I know, definitely so yeah. yeah thank you so much for joining me uh, no worries thank you very much in closing any final advice for someone who might want to break their way into the world of mocap yeah sure um so for any performer or, or certainly from my side of the industry that wants to get into motion capture that there, there are training um platforms you can use like my company and other companies like it i will say you don't need to train in mocap to work in mocap or performance capture you don't um, and I've, I've known and cast um, plenty of actors that are brilliant and I've never set foot in a volume and I get cast in their ability and they turn up and they do it really well and they learn through the job and they're great. Mm -hmm. um, so training is not a prerequisite. Training mocap and performance capture is not a prerequisite to getting a gig. I'm just going to say that. However, it's useful, uh, as is any training in any skill set like martial arts or Gun handling, uh, or like Bear Arms Films, um, Ben Simmons, uh, whose nickname is Bags, is a good mate of mine, and they have an amazing course to teach actors how to handle guns safely and properly. Mm -hmm. Things like that is is also very worthwhile, especially with things like motion capture, where quite frankly you need to know the skill well at a proficient level, at least minimum, mm -hmm. if not highly skilled, to stand a chance of really getting the gig. So things like mocap, you need to train hard at many different things like sword work, um, unarmed combat, martial arts, maybe even gymnastics or tumbling or something mm. like that. Um, you need to train. It doesn't mean you need to go on a one-day course to learn how to, I don't know, 
be a zombie or something like that. Yeah. You know, you need to really go into movement deeply to go to a movement study class for a month or do dance for you know a, 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 a season if you can afford it. Obviously, mm-hmm. these things taste money, but there's a lot of people that are already highly skilled that are coming into it. Yeah. Performance capture really is focused mainly on about acting craft. But again, if you want to become a performance capture actor artist, then let's have a look at your acting ability. Like mm. maybe you need to go and train a bit more. Maybe you need to read a bit more. Maybe you need to practice a bit more because you're maybe you're a bit lazy and you haven't been doing vocal warm-ups for the last mm. year or two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the main thing is like don't worry about not having set foot in a volume. Um, yeah. There are training um, academies out there and stuff. I have one of them. I would say that you don't need to come to me to be able to get into the volume. It's not, it's not needed, but it's useful. So, um, and, and also I would say that like performance capture and mocap is, is increasing. Um, but you can't, I am one of the rare people that works all the time in performance capture and motion capture. For most actors, it's like another thing to add on to theater, film, television, and voiceover and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's not something that most people tend to have regular um, work in. I'm very fortunate and very blessed that I, I get to be able to do that on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, but it is something that is, is like another thing to add to your, yeah. to your um, collection of abilities. Um, so don't be disheartened is what I'm saying. If you don't get the gig, yeah straight away because actually you may get the gig later on there's a project i'm working on which is enormous they need over a hundred and something actors it's absolutely yes enormous and they still haven't got through maybe like 40 50 of the actual cast actors yet so they need more and so the people that maybe auditioned ages ago are going to come into it at some point but it's just not going to be for a while because there's a backlog of stuff so you know keep plugging away um definitely look um on youtube uh, twitch channels and youtube channels um for people that stream games if you don't play games try and play a game it helps yeah. or look out for films that have animation that clearly uh, seem like natural realistic movements they're most likely to be partly if not totally mocap to a performance capture um check out makings of you know get the understanding of it that way um, and hone your art, acting craft, really do. Because the bottom line is we step into the volume in a Velcro suit with passive, highly reflective markers on. But the thing that's driving the performance is the actor. It's manipulated and added to and enhanced by the animation team and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, rendering, skinning, all that kind of stuff. But the core of the soul of the character is still the actor working with the director and the writer to create the performance, which is then taken on further by all these hundreds of wonderful people to then make into even bigger, more exciting, more amazing uh, spectacle than, than what you just handed them. But it still takes that core. Um, and if you can't, if you're not engaged with the acting craft, if you're just dialing it in or, or you don't know enough about the craft to allow your impulses to fly or allow character choices to be complex, then you should really honor that and actually do more work and actually really engage with acting Mm-hmm. in a meaningful way so yeah Excellent. <laughs> i'm a terrible businessman i should just say come to my thing and just don't worry about it <laughs> and that's where the price comes me. give me money don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> well fantastic uh thank you again for being my first ever guest that's all right thank you so much for asking it's also awesome to see you so i'm really happy yeah. to see you again all right guys that's it for this week's episode of the game dev london podcast I've been your host, Zoe, and I want to say a huge thank you to Neil for being my first guest today and to all of you for tuning in. You can find out more about Neil by visiting his website, neilnewbon.com, or on Instagram at neilnewbon. You can find out more about me on Instagram at excessartwork. Be sure to check out gamedev.london for all our latest updates. Otherwise, we'll see you here next week at the same time. Bye.